welcome to the Relationship Recovery Podcast, hosted by Jessica Knight, a certified life coach who specializes in narcissistic and emotional abuse. This podcast is intended to help you identify manipulative and abusive behavior, set boundaries with yourself and others, and heal the relationship with yourself so you can learn to love in a healthy way. Hello, thank you for being here. Starting February 8th, I'm launching a Trauma Bond Recovery course. It is a group course that's going to extend for 12 weeks, so that's three months. Their guest speakers, Lisa Sunny and Carrie McAvoy, are two that will be a part of it. We will have content that we go through each week. We will begin healing the trauma bond and helping you feel like you again. And now you hear the word trauma bond a lot. And I want to explain what that is. So a trauma bond is the attachment that you feel when you're in an abusive relationship or with a narcissist, which is an abusive relationship. The bond is created due to a cycle of abuse and positive reinforcement. I did an episode on this that I'll tag in the show notes a while back, last year, actually, probably last year around this time. And I really dive deep into what that looks like and how it gets formed. It's formed because after each circumstance of abuse, the abuser claims to love you. They love bomb, they act regretful, and they try and make the relationship feel safe again. They try and make themselves feel needed to the abused person. And we get addicted to that reconciliation. We get addicted to that time when it's calm after all of the terror. And it's the reason that leaving an abusive situation can feel so confusing and overwhelming. Because we have or didn't develop loving feelings or positive feelings for the abuser. Making the abused person or us in this situation feel attached and dependent on them while we keep expecting something different from them. And so on today's podcast, I want to talk about warning signs that you are in a trauma bond relationship. And to do that, I first want to discuss what a healthy bond looks like. In an authentic bond, we feel seen, we feel heard. There are disagreements, there are fights, but they don't ever get to the point of abuse and explosiveness in the way that it happens in a traumatic bond. There's mutual trust. There's predictable behaviors. Words do align with actions. And when they don't, typically space for a conversation about that. In an authentic bond, you can feel emotionally vulnerable. You can have open communication about issues, even if it's hard. You can have boundaries and work to not betray yourself. So a lot of the times in a trauma-bonded relationship, which we'll talk through, is that you typically lean into behaviors that are harmful and that you would, in a way, run away from yourself. And now here, in an authentic love you would have clear boundaries, you'd be free of self-betrayal, and you would value accountability within each other. And then partners are responsible for their own self. So in my relationship now, instead of feeling like I need to act in a certain way to appease the abuser, my partner and I both are responsible for our authentic work, our inner work, and If one of us is not thinking or prioritizing that, then it usually shows. 
And now when we think about signs that you're in a trauma-bonded relationship, it's usually a scenario where one person is exercising the abuse of power over another person. You're often masking the unhealthy behaviors. They're often masking the unhealthy behaviors. And so it's common that this bond or this toxic bond, this traumatic bond can show up in many forms while the types of abuse might also be different. But one common thing remains in all trauma bonds that it's highly unhealthy and it's toxic and you shouldn't settle for this as love. We're going to go through 10 warning signs you're in a trauma bonded relationship. One, that you're highly captivated by the other person. It's like he's, it's like your magnets. And while this can feel like such a great thing, when the attraction feels so intense and so compelling and so automatic, you might find yourself feeling overwhelmed by it. You might not even feel like you can take a pause from it. It's a kind of attraction that will create a lot of excitement, but also some anxiety. And so when this is happening, you're really not getting to know the other person. And you may look back and say, wow, like we, we moved so quickly and we felt so aligned, but I didn't really get to know them. And that's because trauma bonding can feel really good at first and it masquerades as love, but it's love bombing. The reality is that it's an unhealthy attachment and that you're going to become bound by that unhealthy attachment instead of allowing a relationship to grow organically. Another sign is that everything is moving very quickly. You'll notice that things happen so fast and you find yourself falling head over heels right away, jumping in so much. You might move in together quickly. You might tell people that they're the one. You might get engaged quickly. You might just feel like, this is it. I'm done. I'm like, the dating apps are deleted after date one. But it's important that in this situation, you look at what the roots are there. Be aware of what is causing you to jump in. Are you frustrated from the dating scene? Are you just looking for somebody to love you? Are you somebody who just doesn't want to be alone and you own that and you say that? What is that? Things mean that there's anything wrong with you, but we all have wounds. I have never met one person without a wound. And if you're in a trauma bonded relationship, you have wounds. This does not mean that there's something wrong with you, but it does mean that there's a hurt part inside somewhere. Another sign is that you're feeling a lot of feelings often. And so you might feel like your feelings are taking over and they're not always positive feelings there. It could be anxiety. It could be excitement. It could be worry. It could be stress. It could be love. It could be hate. It could be everything. And if you're feeling that way, it's really important to once again, unpack what's going on inside for you. If you feel so rushed into this dynamic, you really need to be aware of what's going on. A lot of people are unaware of their attachment wounds and you can fall down the rabbit hole of being in a relationship with somebody that is a narcissist or is an abuser. Trauma bonds don't just hit some people. It can happen to anybody. Another sign is that you're on a roller coaster and it's not fun. I did a podcast a while ago about love is blind. If this is the point where you turn off this podcast, I'm sorry, but I did this podcast about Love is Blind because I felt like one of the people on there was 
that was showing a lot of abusive tendencies and it was very triggering for me. There was this one night that I watched one of the episodes and then I couldn't sleep after. And then I went online and saw a lot of people posting the same thing. So I was like, okay, well, I feel validated, but also I'm scared. And I went on Instagram after on Love is Blind and they literally said, they posted a picture of like the girl in that relationship and said, or the woman in that relationship and said, love is a roller coaster. Love should not feel like a roller coaster. If the relationship has so many highs and lows and you find yourself feeling consistently worse over time rather than better, and like it's that moment of feeling better when it goes up and then it crashes, no, it's not healthy. You're likely stuck exactly in that cycle of abuse. And if you don't know what that cycle of abuse is, I recommend looking up that episode that I will also link in the show notes, but I discuss what the cycle is and what that feels like and where we get stuck. Another sign is that everything is your fault in the relationship. This is key. This is usually the one thing that we can pick up on. We look past all the other stuff because it's all feelings-based. But then when we get to this, we're like, oh, crap. Everything's my fault all the time. Must be me. And that's because they're likely blaming you for everything. I saw a quote once that said, the blame game is in effect and it seems like you're the only one playing. When your partner gets angry, you feel like your world is ending and you blame yourself right away, and you tell yourself it's your fault, and they tell you that it's your fault, and that you must have done something wrong to cause it, and then you start thinking about what you did to cause the issue, it's a cycle that just goes around and around and around in every single disagreement. You have to ask yourself, is your partner able to take responsibility for their behavior? If they're always blaming other people for their problem, then you really have to see that for what it is. I was with a partner once that even when like we had issues and then um, he would always blame me. But then even when he talked to other people about the issue or not in a bad way, like not just like, oh, we did this and it's like it always was like we we sorted it out. It's like, no, actually, I lost my whole self in that disagreement and gave in and let it go. And you see that as we sorted it out. Another sign is that you're starting to lack confidence in the relationship and within yourself. You may have realized you become very insecure. You might find yourself fawning, which is when we just enable the abuse without realizing it because that's our trauma response of just dealing, just getting through. Your partner might belittle you. They might name call. They might blame again. And you just don't stand up for yourself. You just sort of take it because you know it's not going to go anywhere. And now what to do there, right? Like it's One thing that can be helpful is to think back about how long was this happening? Because when this first started to show up in my relationship, I didn't, I I didn't answer that honestly to myself. I didn't say, oh, this has been happening for like months. This happened the second week of the relationship. I got insecure. This happened a month into the relationship. Again, like this happened a lot. I just didn't want to see it. The first weekend we hung out, we were sitting on uh, the couch on like a Thursday. And I got a text from a friend that said, Hey, I'm bailing. I got a bail on golf on Saturday. I'm really sorry. I'll pay for my tea time, but you should go like, maybe somebody can go with you, but I'm Venmoing you now. And I looked at him and I said, Hey, my friend just bailed on golf. Do you want to come with me? And he was like, what you want to hang out three days in a row? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Three days in a row seriously? And I was like, why is that like the you just deal in the world? Like it's 
one day is right now. We literally are just getting dinner tomorrow. And I'm asking if you just want to golf on Saturday. Like I'm going home after golf. Like I, the answer of no would have been fine. And it was like, I can't believe you would expect that. And I was like, wow. Okay. But I didn't see that as a problem then. I saw it as a problem with me. How could I expect that? Another sign is that you'll do anything to avoid conflict. So this is called fawning. And I have done a few episodes on fawning. And fawning is the trauma response of basically just placating the abuser because that's all we know how to do to prevent the abuse. In an effort to keep this other person happy, you have to give up yourself in the process. The conflict that happens is so stressful and it takes you out of your day and you will do whatever you can do to make it stop. And so you probably will give in to your partner to make it stop. I often work with people on boundaries when this happens and to see how the other person handles it when you draw a boundary. Are they respect are they respectable? Do they disregard it? Or do they argue with you about it? I have a course, it's $19 on my site and it's called the Boundaries Deep Dive. I highly recommend that because it can help you understand what how to set a boundary in a dynamic like this, which is incredibly difficult. And it talks you through my process on how to do that, but that's going to help you kind of come back to yourself. Another sign is that you will keep up appearances for their benefit. So you might go to family events, work parties, work outings, friends. You might deny where the relationship is just to hold up the positive image that they want you to. You know, a boundary here, for example, might be that you choose not to go anymore, that that's a boundary you set. And if they fight you on it, which they will, you keep a stronger boundary. If you plug that into the boundaries deep dive that I just mentioned, it would come up like the idea of how to handle something like that would come up. It's basically like you need to find these ways so that you can set boundaries and protect yourself so that you can really start to think up for yourself. Because and this is another sign is like by showing up in these ways, you actually think that you can change them. Right. So if the success of the relationship is based on how many things you show up for and how good they look and what you do, then you really do think that you can change them into being a loving and supportive partner, which is not going to happen. The only way that will happen is if they enter therapy or get help and realize what their behavior is doing and that it's affecting people they love. The last sign that I'm going to touch on today is that you become a huge critic of yourself. I know that when I was in my leaving or ending the emotionally abusive relationship I was in, people would say like, you are a shell of yourself. Like, who are you? used to be able to stand up to ever anyone. And now you're just, you're second guessing everything. Like abuse is abuse. And I would be like, no, I must be awful. I must not see myself the way that I am. He must be right. And it took me a while to unpack all of that and see what was going on, but it was ridiculous. I did lose all of myself and getting it back was difficult, but necessary And once I really started to lean into that, it became more and more and more necessary. You feel like you're in a relationship with somebody that just wants to exploit your emotions and make you feel down so that they feel up. That's a huge issue. And that is exactly what we would cover in the trauma bond recovery course. That course is group coaching. It's a way that I can help support you. You can learn from other people's stories. You can ask anonymous questions so that you don't have to ask them out loud. You can pay privately in various ways if you need to. 
you can just email me, Jessica at jessicanightcoaching.com and we'll figure that out. You can, you'll begin to learn and educate and heal and find yourself again. And whether or not you choose to stay in the relationship is not up to me. That's up to you, but I will help you do it in a healthier way. And so I really recommend that if you are listening to this episode and you feel like, oh my God, this sounds exactly like what I'm going through. I just want to encourage you to get help, get support. Following me on Instagram is a good resource. I only follow, I think like 50 people on Instagram might be less than that, but everybody that I follow is in this space and I recommend all of them. You can follow me on Instagram at emotional abuse coach. And so if you need support, like always reach out, but I know how hard this is. I had to get myself out of a relationship like this. And if you need support, please do reach out. I mean it. You can find me at emotionalabusecoach.com. That's also where you can find the link to sign up for the course. It's under courses. You can find the boundaries deep dive there. And you can email me at jessica at jessicanightcoaching.com. Connect with me on Instagram at emotionalabusecoach.com.